0: Good morning, I'm Anna Marie, and it's time for focus. Our guest today is Novanda Lily. She and her husband Chris have been the March of Dimes ambassador family, and now they're a volunteer family. And what is your other title? Your organizer? We are the co-chairs for the Rutherford County March for Babies Walk. Okay, good. I guess let's hear your story, first of all, if you don't mind how you know, because what tends to happen is people go, yeah, March of Dimes, I know it's a great cause, but they often don't get involved until they have someone in their family whose lives depend on it. And then they realize what a lifesaver and what a difference March of Dimes makes.
1: And that's really our story because we actually were employed at Signa Healthcare. They were a national sponsor. We've always supported the March of Dimes. But oh. then we had a personal testimony. Um, we were, we had, twin boys that were born premature and so it was an opportunity for us to really share our story and help to help other mothers know that guess what so the march of dimes has funded research to help mothers um deliver healthy babies Mm -hmm. and also survive um being able to um give birth Mm -hmm. our story is very similar um and i didn't really learn the full experience of our story until my boys were they're now sixteen. What do you mean you didn't learn the full experience of it? So my husband at 13, we're watching Grey's Anatomy Mm -hmm. and they have this family and they're coming out to the father to let him know that the mother may not survive. They have to take the babies as soon as possible. And he looks at me and says, oh, that's our story. And then he proceeds to tell me the story of when we had rushed in to have the babies that Chandler was born first and he said that there were about three or four doctors working on Chandler and he just saw Chandler's arms go limp. And keep in mind Chandler was two seven, two pounds and seven ounces, which is the size of um, he could fit in the palm of my hands. My husband's Chris's red ring could fit on his ankle could mm-hmm. go across his foot and fit on his ankle. Wow. And his diapers, they could fit in the palm of my hand. Wow. Then Chase. You know, when you're giving childbirth, you have where the uterus contracts and closes back up, where well, mm-hmm. they had to really reach in to pull Chase out because it almost closed up on him. Because he was so little. Because he was so tiny. The uterus thought, okay, I'm, them babies are out of there. I'm done.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: You know, it's like when you're going through something, you don't really, until hindsight, mm-hmm. really realize what you really went through. Mm-hmm. Like we, we never let it enter our spirit that our babies would not wouldn't make it, but other people would come to the NICU and see them and. Really, my friends would say, oh, I was so teary-eyed when I saw the babies. But when I came into your room, I, you know, I tried to make sure that I was okay and I didn't look like I was really worried because they were so tiny. Now,
0: they were born how many months, three months premature? Yes, so they were due November 13th, and they were born August the 12th. So that means how far along in their development were they? What was developed, what was not at that point? So they were 27 weeks. They didn't even have nipples.
1: They basically, we saw the development and God's miracle in them. They were like little
0: fetuses. Yes.
1: (gasps) Oh, my gosh. So they were very tiny, and they were both in incubators. Uh, We couldn't hold them. We could actually just come in. We did a lot of praying. Mm-hmm. Um, we would come in and, and really take our we really take our heads off to the nurses because when you think about the nurses that work in the NICU, they've got to take care of a baby that can't tell them what's wrong with them. Yeah. And so Chase is uh, was very particular. And uh, we came in one day and they had blankets, receiving blankets, taped up around taped up around his incubator. We were like, what's going on? And they said, well, when we open the blinds, his stats go off. He doesn't, he's not ready for the sun to shine.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And so they had. he
0: was still supposed to be inside your body.
1: Right. And so they had figured it out. And they had. So during that time when they would open the blinds, they would put receiving blankets taped up around his incubator so that he wouldn't be disturbed. Mm-hmm. Um, and could they cry at that point? They, it was very, very tiny. You could barely hear them cry. Were their lungs developed? No, that was the that was the thing that kept them in the NICU so long is because they they were on oxygen and they weren't 100% oxygen. And so that kept them in the NICU for quite some time because, mm-hmm. and this, this, the really scary part is that they can breathe for 24 hours, and then you get to take them home. And you're thinking, shouldn't they breathe for, like, five days or something <laughs> before we're able to bring them home? So it was really scary, the thought of bringing them home. But they would have, like, one of them had a heart murmur, and we did a lot of praying. We prayed about it. We fast and they had to have blood transfusions. Um, they really went through uh, what we call our miracle process process. Mm-hmm. It was an experience. I mean, we really seen them develop in an incubator. Like one day they didn't have like their little butt cheeks were not really separated and oh my and gosh. then all of a sudden you start seeing this development of, you know, they have nipples. One day they didn't have nipples. Um, they were their face was a little hairy at the top because they were not fully developed and they had to wear these little masks, uh why well I call them mask. Um, on their eyes because they couldn't be exposed to light. Um, their skin they were not ready to be touched. And so I remember what was their
0: skin like? What did that their
1: skin like? when we were? I remember being able to hold them for the first time, and their skin was really, really soft uh, and and elastic like. Mm-hmm. Um, they had no color when they first were born. They were just no really skin tone. They were just really, really light. Wow. Um, and so their skin still needed to develop
0: to yes. be able to be held. So it's kind of like all the outer stuff right. had not developed. Just the basic to be alive right? had developed. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Um, How old were they when you could finally touch them?
1: I think it was...
0: Um, what, Chris, was it like a month or? This is Chris, the husband, stepping up to talk to us. Now, it's,
1: what was it?
2: It was about a month. They called and they said they said that uh, they were cleaning the incubators. Mm-hmm. And by cleaning the incubators, they need to take the babies out. And they were also going to clean the, the, the cannulas uh, that was on one of the children. Which is the being, breathing thing? Yes, being uh, Chandler. They told us if we were available, that we would be able to hold one of them, hold Chandler, for about five minutes. Mm -hmm. So we raced to the hospital, and when we got up there, uh, they were just changing out the incubator and cleaning the incubator, and they were just pulling the cannulas off and all the wires and everything that was uh, supporting him. And they said, okay, you have five minutes. Does each one of you want to hold them? But at that point, looking at my wife and looking at what she had gone through carrying these children, I said, give her the whole five minutes. And so we, we took some pictures with her holding holding Chandler, that was the first time she was ever able to hold them. And can you, if you can imagine leaving a hospital without your children, you went there with all these dreams and hopes of having your children, and then you, you leave without your children. Your children are still fighting for their lives. Mm-hmm. So it was a very emotional event for us. So Navanda said that she didn't really
0: realize exactly the extent of things until the boys were how old?
2: And you told her something? Yeah, they were 13 years old and we were watching a show and uh, they had something similar to what we went through. But it was my perspective because she was laying on this operating table and um, had a smile on her face because the anesthesiologist was working with her. (laughs) Um, Little did she know on the other side of the cape, um, I I, I described it as war was going on. The doctor was uh, working with other doctors to make sure that they could deliver these, these children at 26, 27 weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was told by the doctor uh, before we started all of this that there were complications and that not only were the children, oh uh, there complications with the children, but there was complications with the mother as well. So he wanted to hold the children uh, with the mother as long as possible but like he to did, keep them from being born, to keep them from being born, to he, stop the pregnancy.
0: What did he say? What were the complications? Is it something people would know what that is? Or? Number
2: one, they did not have the uh, the team that could handle children that were that young and that small. Mm-hmm. So he was calling around, oh, and putting together a team. He was putting together a team, and he found a team out of Vanderbilt because Martha Dimes was actually working and research uh, working with Vanderbilt and a NICU specialized team to help out in this area. At the time, they were the only team. So when he did find them, he brought them in, and he had them talk with us, talk with me, about what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, he did tell me that they were going to um, hold the children as long as possible, but they could only hold them as long as the mothers, as Navanda's body, would uh, not resist and try to push them out. Right. Um, at that point, her body would, st- would become uh, septic, and her organs would shut down. Oh, because she her body is kind of feeling like there
0: th- this there's something that needs to those babies need to be out of me. That's
2: correct. And so th- so oh gosh, okay. So this Nick U specialized team, they stayed on alert. They stayed on alert for it was it was a couple weeks they stayed on alert.
0: Do you think those couple of weeks made the difference in keeping your helping oh, your boy I survive?
2: It, I think it did. Yes. Yeah. And when he called them and he let me know I had, I had five minutes to scrub down, and he says her, her, uh, her organs are starting to shut down. So we've got to get the so babies. We've got to do this. And what did
0: they tell you at that point about the babies?
2: You could tell the doctor was very concerned as he was working with the babies, uh, as they pulled the first one out. Mm-hmm. And me looking at my son, looking at the, uh, you know, we had been told that we were having twins, two boys. The blessings that we had. I also ran a football league at the time. So I'm thinking about the sports that they might play. Mm -hmm. But then I'm being told that these children, for one thing, they're going to fight for their lives when they come out. And there's a great risk that they will not play football. They will not play these sports. They will have uh, respiratory issues. They could have skin issues. They might be blind. And us just thinking, well, it be a blessing that they be alive. Mm-hmm. So going through all of that, as he pulls out one of the children, and as the NICU specialized team starts working with one of the children, and watching as they they worked with a sense of urgency, and the stuff that they were doing, and seeing his little hands, he he didn't have a cry at that point, mm-hmm. so it was like a more of a peep, and his eyes were uh, still separated. So they what were. What do you mean still separated? They were not developed to where they were in place where they're supposed to be oh wow so he had they were more separated on the sides of his head right like like an actual fetus yes like an actual fetus oh my gosh uh his skin was uh, translucent mm-hmm. so you could see the veins and you could see the blood oh wow and they started working with him and they had put something down his mouth and i saw his hands moving and then he just went limp and at that point you know they know what they're doing but it does hurt you to see your child in pain. Yeah. And they kept working with him and they took him out. And then as I turned around to see what's going on with the with the other child, uh that's when I realized that he wasn't coming out. And the doctor had to uh he had a sense, sense of urgency to get him out. Mm-hmm. So he started working. Next thing I know, he was he was uh how would he say it? It was more than wrist deep, but he was he was all the way in trying to pull him out. Finally, he got him and pulled him out. Same thing with him. They worked with him and they were ventilating him and they were thinking that he'd have a few more problems than Chandler who came out. We immediately were in prayer about uh, what was going on. And as we went back to the room and I had made a call that the children were being delivered that night, we realized that we had a big support system as we came back to the room. The room was full of of loved ones and friends that were concerned At that point, they wanted to see the children, but they couldn't go back and see the children. They were still working with them. Mm -hmm. So it took a few hours. They went back, and and they were able to go back in twos and see the children. And that's when I realized, put it this way, it wasn't okay. It wasn't just fine. It wasn't just a regular delivery when you saw the concern on their faces, when you saw them tear up. And... um, Did you guys cry? At that point... Um, I had my moment, mm-hmm. and but I did not want I did not want to, to have that moment in in front of my wife. Yeah, uh, she needs to heal. She had gone through a lot, mm-hmm. but she was asking for her children, and at that time she couldn't see them. Did, uh, who told her?
0: <clears throat> excuse me. Who told her that she couldn't see them? Did you have to tell her? At the time, I had to tell her. What did you say?
2: I said, "Look, you just need to heal. You need to rest. You've been through a lot today." Mm-hmm. And you will get to see them. But right now, just letting the family go back. I'm taking them back two at a time so that they can see them. And she was kind of, she was a little bit, she was still under the medicine a little she bit. She was so, out of it a little. Yeah, so she just nodded her head yeah. and she rested. About four or five hours later when she, when she finally kind of came to, uh, they did wheel her, her bed down mm-hmm. there and, and let her see the, see the children. Kind
0: of look over into the uh, neonatal intensive care unit. Yes. The NICU. Yes. And that's the when they were so tiny that they would fit in the, what the po- the palm of your hand or in your hand. How big is a 2 pounds I pound... could fit
2: both of them in my hand.
0: Did you have a certain point where you thought, "Okay, this is going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. The kids are going to make it through this."
2: Was there a certain point? We developed a mentality of we were we knew it was going to be okay. And we didn't really realize the people around us that were um very concerned, mm-hmm. until I'd say after it was over, um, after they were released, um, they stayed there and we lived out of there for, um, and I say we lived, we couldn't stay there, but but we were there. Yeah, uh, they were there. One of them was there for eighty days, the other one for eighty five days. Yeah, Chase came home on Halloween of that year, and Chandler came home five days later. So and and they were supposed to have been born they were supposed
0: to be born in november november and they were born in august after staying in the hospital for close to 3 months that's correct it, so it was probably really good that your friends and loved ones did not share their concern with you i have found that sometimes when you when you tell someone what's going on they'll it's almost like they have faith that that person is going to die they're like oh she's not doing good do you feel it was a good thing that your friends kind of hid their concern a little bit so you guys could keep believing.
2: Oh, I know it was. And I've had conversations. My dad, he had come up there and he had been visiting on his own at the NICU. And uh, he, he finally told us about a conversation he had with the doctor. And he did ask the doctor, where are they? Are, are they going to be OK? And the doctor at the first time, the first time told him it's still a fight mm-hmm. and we're just going day by day. The next time he talked with the doctor, the doctor says they're doing they're doing so much better. It looks like they're gonna be okay and that's when he went out and he bought all these clothes and he bought a a crib and we're wondering why then he he went out and spent a whole bunch of money on this stuff and then he later he told us that of that conversation that he had with the doctor. Wow, most of our family was there, I think from the beginning to be a support for us mm-hmm. because they didn't know what was going to happen right. Yeah. What would you like other families to know? I would like other families to know that there is help, that there is an organization that knows that it's not fine and that there there's research that's being done day by day Mm -hmm. to help out to team with these to team with these hospitals that don't have specialized teams to also team with those uh, for preventive care. Mm-hmm. to uh, To help them to get the resources that they need mm-hmm. to team with these mothers as they are uh, taking prenatal vitamins and going through different exercises. That that um, here are some ways to to help prevent premature defects. Mm-hmm. The March of Dimes is also at the legislative level, and they're working with some of our our lawmakers in in getting it uh, passed. Several of uh, bills that will help prevent premature
0: birth and support research and support education to get the word out yes yes definitely to uh, women who are of childbearing age basically the march of dimes do you feel that the march of dimes anything that the march of dimes did
2: actually helped save the lives of your little boys i know what they did helped save the lives of our little boys and that's why they will always hold a special part in our hearts Mm -hmm. if it were not for them you don't have that specialized NICU team that comes out of, of Vanderbilt and is coming by and working with my children as if it was their children. Mm-hmm. You don't have them telling us what we're going to go through ahead of time. You don't have them working with the mother that has to leave the hospital without her children and her children are still fighting for their lives. And you don't have the, those, uh, the NICU nurses that are educated in every little part they need. And those, are, those were angels and I still, um, when I see them, I just want to reach out and hug them. Uh, we, had, we had one that she took care of not only my twins, but I also have uh, twin nieces that were born uh, premature. Oh, my gosh. She took care of them as well. They, yeah, they turned 30 this year. Oh, my gosh. So um, she really holds a special part in her heart. She held a special part in her heart because um, she took care of these children daily. Yeah, and that's all she cared about. She cared about him so much she didn't take care of herself. Wow! And she has passed. Oh my gosh! So, and, and it does make me emotional when I talk about her because she really, really cared. We have pictures of her just holding our children when we weren't there to hold them, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's others that ha- that were that were there and they're still around. We still see them and we still thank them because they are they are angels. And so, without the March of Dimes, without the research that they do. Without them lobbying to to uh, to get those research dollars and to bring awareness to premature uh, birth effects and how to prevent them, mm-hmm. we would have a lot more problems. We'd have a lot more deaths, mm-hmm. and I truly believe that uh, my children may not be here today. If you're just joining us, we're talking with uh, Chris Lilly, uh, his
0: wife Novanda, and he have been a March of Dimes ambassador family, and now they are a volunteer family and they're co-chairs of the March of Dimes. March March for Babies. Rutherford March for Babies. In Rutherford County. Uh, Tell me, where are your boys now? What's going on with them?
2: Fast forward 16 years. (laughs) (laughs) They are driving. They are very healthy. They play football. Wow. They play football. uh, uh, One of them wrestles. They play basketball. But yes, they are advocates for the March of Dimes. They go to the March on the Hill. They talk with some of our legislatures about it. They tell their stories. They are true testaments to the miracles. Of, of what happens uh, when you stay on top of this type of research. Because of what they went through for the 80 and 85 days that they stayed in NICU, uh, they have little notches under their noses, and they're small, but they remind us of, of the cannulas that were there. For the oxygen. Yes. Chase, his, his arteries and veins were so small they couldn't really find a place to, to put an IV to, to give him blood except for his forehead. So he has a little mark on his forehead, and so those are the the uh, their marks of, uh, you know, to to let us know how how good uh, how good first that God is. Yeah. And then also how good the, the research were and how and how how good the doctors and the NICU nurses were with working with them. When you see that there are two healthy young men that have conquered a lot of adversity.
0: Those are little marks of survival, aren't they? Those are marks of survival. Yes. Is there anything else that you feel is important to add that I've neglected to ask? Lovanda, you want to wrap us up? One of the things that I really would like um, people to know is
1: that it's real. It is happening today. Mm -hmm. Babies are still born premature. There is still a need to continue to support mothers that have babies that are born prematurity. And there's also premature mothers. There's still a need to support mothers with children that are born premature. Um, and then also to help the mothers that are not surviving because their babies are born premature. The research that Marcha Dimes has done makes it possible, and it's real, and it's still happening. And so there's a need to continue to support this organization so that mothers and babies can be born healthy.
0: They don't have to know about it going in, but when they need it, We need to support it to make sure that the March of Dimes and the research and the tools and the technology and the science and the medicines and the nurses and the teams are there.
1: Yes, because they will need it. Um, I will tell you when you leave the hospital and you are not bringing your baby home, I can remember walking by their nursery and crying. Every time I would walk by their nursery, I would cry and I'm like, I don't know why I'm so emotional, but... It's real. You're not expected, you know, to have a baby and then not bring it home. Mm -hmm. And then you spend a lot of time at the NICU. There's a lot of time that's spent there. We can't thank the NICU enough. And the research that funds... the NICU, the support, and the resources, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of resources that even after you've had a baby that's born premature, that you need to be aware of, whether it's getting them in programs, getting them tested early, so that you can identify if they're going to have any developmental delays Mm -hmm. that will help them to maximize their full potential. And so there's just so much research and so many resources that are available um, but it still needs the support mm-hmm. and it needs, and this is also the 50th year anniversary mm-hmm. of the marchandise been in existence. Mm-hmm. And what an awesome testimony if more people would come forward and share their stories so that people do know that it is still happening and, Babies, it,
0: and it makes a difference, it
1: makes a difference, it really does. It makes a difference. It makes mothers that have babies that are premature know that they have resources mm-hmm. available to help them through that process. Yeah, um, to actually see other babies that are are born premature but they're thriving. Yes. One of the things at the um, St. Thomas Rutherford Hospital they have is a gallery. They have a gallery right outside of the NICU. Mm -hmm. And that gallery has pictures of babies that were born premature. And they are holding a picture of themselves when they were preemies. And our boys are in that gallery. And it is a testament to all the mothers that exit and the families that visit their kids that are in the NICU to see that there is a light. Mm. at the end of the tunnel. But more importantly, for those mothers that didn't have the same outcome, that their babies did not survive, and there's resources available there. But as we continue to support the March of Dines, maybe there will be less mothers that have to have um, babies that are not born or babies that pass away Mm -hmm. at birth because of prematurity.
0: Yeah. Maybe less mothers who... Have to go home without their babies, even temporarily, and especially fewer mothers who have to go home without their babies at all. Yes. All right. Thank you for your story. Thank you. Now, give me some details about the March for Babies in Rutherford County. Yes. So, the March for Babies in
1: Rutherford County will be August the 8th, Mm -hmm. and it will be at the Fountains of Gateway Mm -hmm. in Murfreesboro, And we will also, uh, we're in the planning stages of a um, kickoff in May. So more to come for that. But we're really excited because this is 50 years, Mm -hmm. 50 years that March of Dimes has been advocating for babies and moms to be born and babies to be born healthy. So it's an important advocacy. It's not just a walk. It is advocating so that mothers and babies can have a chance
0: at life. Thank you. Chris and Novanda Lilly, former March of Dimes ambassador families and now volunteer families. If you want to join one of the March for Babies, you can just Google it and find the one nearest you and please take part. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Jay Phillips for producing today's show. We're going to post it on our Focus Facebook page so you can check it out there and share it with friends. And if you have any questions or comments about the show or have ideas for future Focus programs, things you'd like to see us talk about, make sure you put it there as well. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.